Uh, good morning. Welcome to Everyday Church. Uh, if this is your first or second or third or fourth or hundredth time, we're glad that you're here. Welcome. Um, bienvenidos a Everyday Church. Estamos bien agradecidos porque están aquí con nosotros. And uh, this morning, uh, we are continuing in our series, uh, I Quit. Uh, and we are, um, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I wanted to spend some time confessing. Uh, a few things that I've quit in my own life. I feel like Larry got to confess things that he quit last week, and he told on Wendy, and uh, this is my turn to bring some confession. I, too, uh, quit the Boy Scouts when I was younger. I don't know. Anybody else quit the Boy Scouts? You know, it was later on in my life that I found value in the Boy Scouts and was actually a, a helped participate. They were a part of our church, and so we, we, I kind of helped. But as a child, I quit the Boy Scouts also. Uh, I quit a lot of things. I, uh, I quit playing um, the clarinet. Um, and that one, I th thank you, Mike. Appreciate that, yeah. Uh, you can't get a lot of respect in middle school playing the clarinet. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can. See, what was, what was attracting me to the clarinet was someone told me that if you learn to play the clarinet, then you could really easily learn to play the saxophone. And I felt like the saxophone was way sexier than the clarinet. Uh, what they didn't tell me was that the clarinet is freaking hard to play. <laughs> so it was, you know, it's just, I quit. Anyways, um, and I also quit, um, I quit baseball when I was a junior. I played baseball um, since seventh grade uh, up until uh, junior year was the last year that I played, and I quit, right? And, um, and uh you know, but I did learn some things while I was playing baseball. I quit the team after uh, after five years. Uh, I did learn a few things, though, and I would like to share some of those things. I learned how to practice like you play, right? Because you, if you spend all the time practicing a certain way, then you're going to play that way, right? Uh, I learned that repetition creates habits, and the goal of that was everything was that they would become muscle memory, right? Become second habit, right? Or, or um, uh, second nature, right? And my coach would always say like. You know, repetition, do it, keep doing it. He wanted it to become like muscle memory so that you just remember what to do, right? So you just do it automatically, uh, like all the time. So anytime someone throws something at me, I just automatically want to throw it back at, you know, first base. Um, but uh, I, I did do that. But, but, but I think, so what I want to focus today on a little bit, or sh shifting from that, is uh, repetition creates uh, patterns, right? And patterns... Um, uh, of our behavior form uh, our character. And uh, so when people say, well, I did something, but that's not who I am, right? What we do repeatedly shapes who we are. We are what we repeat. And so the question uh, that, that begs then is, what are, we, what are we consistently doing and repeating? See, life is not about, I shared this with our seniors uh, a few weeks ago, life is not about single decisions that we make. Life is really about thousands and thousands of small decisions that we make repeatedly and what that looks like, right? And so uh, when I think about, uh, I, lo I was looking at my phone the other day and how, uh, how many hours I spent with this really dumb game that I like to play. And, uh, and when I think about how many hours I accumulated one week, it was like six hours in the week that I spent playing this game. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, wow. Like, I, and then someone, you know, like someone asked me, like, hey, how much time did you spend, you know, praying this week? And, I, you know, I was like, I just didn't have time, right? Because I spent six hours playing this video game that was really, it's really dumb. But, anyways, 
So why don't, let's talk about some of the patterns that we, uh, that we have in our lives, right? Let's, let's jump into Romans. I want to read Romans uh, 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. And let's, uh, let's look at this. So therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Okay, so we start off, um, the idea there or the invitation to live as a living sacrifice, a sacrifice is typically something that will then be uh, killed uh, in replacement or in uh, as an offering to uh, something or someone, right? This idea of a living sacrifice is that this is a continuing thing, that this is a uh, uh, something that doesn't die, but that it is in uh, its death continues to offer itself, right? So it's, it's dying, but then it's continuing to die. It's continuing, but it's also continuing to live because it's a living sacrifice, um, and the, and the key part to this that we want to look at is why are we doing that? What is driving us to do that, right? And it's saying this in view of God's mercy. So, cause it's not just asking us to live a life of sacrifice just because we're not just called to the walk around like sacrificing ourselves for nothing, but there's a, there's a reason to do that. In view of what? In view of God's mercy. What is this mercy, right? In view of the love that God has poured out for us. In view of the forgiveness that we have received. In view of the care and the attention uh, and the generosity that God has poured out for us. In view of this mercy that he has given to us, uh, let us offer our bodies as living sacrifices, Holy is pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So worship is not just about songs that we sing, right? Worship, worship isn't just about music, but it is this continual living uh, of surrendering of myself to God based on what? Based on his mercy for me. Do not conform any longer. All right, think about this word conform. I want you to hold it in one hand. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, hold that in the other hand, by the renewing of your mind. These words are very similar in English, right? Conform and transform. But there's some greater distinctions in the, in the Greek. I don't speak Greek, but I do, when I, when I look up the, when I prepare for a study, I do look up some of these words and I want to know some of their meaning, right, in the original language. And, it's, and some of the meaning in the original language comes from this idea of uh, to conform wasn't, uh, or sorry, not what it was, it, what it is is a, an outward, uh, it, it had a connotation of an outward disguise or an outward, like, um, putting on of something that would outwardly give you the appearance of, right? So think about like Stormtrooper, right? You, it's just like putting on this uniform, all my Star Wars fans out there, right? It's this uh, putting on this uniform that would then imitate uh, and kind of fall into line into this pattern. And the word uh, transform is different because the, to transform is this, uh, is this inward. 
So conform was an outward changing to transform is an inward changing of, the, of a form or appearance or character of something. Okay, so one is this uh, conforming, being like, and the other one is a transformation that happens on the inside. It changes what you are from the inside out. Okay, and it's calling us to transform by the renewing of our minds. It says, do not conform, again, to the pattern of this world. These repetitions that we see in our world around us, right? What are some of the patterns of our world, right? What are the things that we see uh, in our world constantly, right? And how the continuous repetition of this creates what's normal for us, Right? And that then becomes the patterns that we see and we just kind of fall into. Today, we're going to, uh, the, the thing that we're going to talk about quitting, we're in the series I Quit, right? Is uh, I, let's quit lying. And so that one's a little tricky, right? Because uh, lying, as we've seen in our society, and I think right now this is very prevalent in, uh, in our culture. And in our world, it's constantly like this. Where, what is truth? Where do we find truth? When who's telling the truth? Is, is the media telling the truth? Are our politicians telling the truth? Like alternative facts? Like all this like convolution of truth and reality and lies. And so lies have permeated themselves so much. It's so ingrained in, in what we do and who we are and what we say, Right? And uh, so how do we know, uh, how do we break through this, right? Uh, because sometimes it becomes such a, a clear pattern that we don't even, we can't even distinguish or see how to, what we're doing because it's so ingrained in, uh, in our daily process, in our normal life. Does that make sense? You're tracking with me so far? Okay. Um, and so in talking about transformation, I want to point out something here that our uh, we're, we're talking about some behaviors and some patterns that we've seen. Uh, but in order to transform our behaviors, we got to go deeper. we got to go below the surface. Because just changing a behavior is not uh, as easy as, it's, as we say, right? It's, it's easier said than done. Uh, because in order to transform a behavior, we got to go beyond that. And what the scripture is saying here is, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, right? The things that we've seen rep uh, repeated in our world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. In order to change your behavior, you've got to get to the source. We've got to get to our mind. So here's an illustration that I, this is a hill that I die on. This is like my one go-to illustration. I've probably shared this with you guys like seven or eight times in, in the, the last like three days. But here we go. Five years bachelor degree in fine arts coming out right there. That's that's an iceberg. You're welcome. Things that we see, our actions, our behavior, right? And I, and uh, for those of you listening online, I drew an iceberg, and on the tip is behavior. Okay, uh, 
But see, our actions are dictated by your thoughts. And your thoughts, the way you think, is based upon what you believe. And what we believe is based on our experiences that we have lived and how, what they've taught us. You with me? So far, so good? Okay. Um, and, and, and let me give you an example of this, right? Um, my, Monica and I are working through some stuff, and, and one of the things that we're working through is, is we're both, we've both been really defensive with each other, right? And this, this constant, like, feeling defensive. And so the action that I am exhibiting is, uh, is this defensiveness when she talks to me. I just quickly put up my guard, and I quickly, you know, um, just get like into battle attack mode, right? And you know, the, 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 I pull out, you know, my katana sword and my missiles and I'm like, you know, she's like, you know, like, hey, in the future, could you not, you know, uh, leave the trash in the hallway? I'm like, what do you mean don't leave the trash in the hallway? You know, I'm ready, right? I don't know if anyone else has been there, uh, but you know, that's kind of where our house is right now. Uh, and I've, I just spent some time processing this in the last week, right? My defensiveness comes from this thought that, um, that she's criticizing me. And, the, and I think, right, and so I get defensive because I think she's criticizing me. And I think that she's criticizing me because, and I've kind of been working through this, is like I have this belief that, that I'm doing something, I'm just, I'm just not performing as I should be, that I'm missing something, that I'm, uh, that I'm not doing as good as I should be doing, right? And, uh, and it's an insecurity in my heart. And that, how that permeates my thoughts and my behavior. What experiences have led me to this? I don't know yet. I'm still processing that. Um, but this is how it works, right? And so in order to just change my behavior and why I'm getting so defensive, right, I gotta look at what's going on below the surface. And when we look at, uh, when, when we talk about faith motivating our actions, right, a couple weeks ago we talked about faith and actions, right? If we are only going after the behavior and not digging deeper to discover, hey, what's the belief there? What is the thing that I've experienced that has led me to this and, and how this belief about myself and about the world around me dictates my thoughts, which come out to action. And the actions that we do, the actions that we repeat over and over, right, that becomes our character, right? We got to let the word sit in this space. And that's what it says to be renewed in our minds. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So let's talk about lying and kind of where that comes from. Robert Fieldman, he said this, the more people feel their self-esteem is threatened, the more they lie. 
and they did this study, he's a psychologist, they did this study, and in the study that people became increasingly engaged in managing how others perceived them, and as a result, said more and said things that were not entirely accurate, right? Because they felt like there is self-esteem, what they believed about themselves, right, was dictating then their action, and their action was to, to be more prone to lie. Um, and so today I want to talk about, um, our, in our series, this teaching series, we're going to take an honest look at our lives in order to see the ways we make choices and relate to others. What do we need to quit in order to have the freedom to live our, our, the freedom to live our new life in Christ? That's what we're pursuing, right? That's what we're uh, hoping to get to. Um, now, uh, another quick illustration, and uh, Elian, would you uh, come on up here? Uh, thank you, Elian. He didn't know he was doing this until about three minutes ago. Uh, let's clap it up for Elian. I love Elian. I've known him since he was in seventh grade. He's a good-looking man. He likes playing basketball, long walks on the beach, uh, and uh, he wants to be a physical therapist. And, and ladies, he's single. Anyways, sorry. Just throw that. All right. Um, let's talk about lying, right? Let's talk about how lies kind of work. And um, again, kind of going back to our cultural climate, right? It's just, it's this, this pursuit of truth, right? Where do we find truth? Where is truth in all this? And, and lies, you know, there's different types of lies, right? There's the overt liar, which we don't need to you know, given examples of, because we all know who we're talking about, right? There's the overt liar who's just, you know, they just are consciously saying things in order to deceive. Because that's the heart of a lie, is an intentional desire to deceive another person for whatever purpose, right? Uh, but there's a deception there. And so hold on to that. And so what happens when we lie is, little by little, what they do is they start kind of moving around us. Now, Leon's a strong guy. Leon, you could probably break out of that, right? Yeah? You know, I think that wouldn't take much effort, right? Yeah, he's, he works out. Um, right, but as we, per, as we continue to lie, this is what happens. These lies begin to upgrade and to build and to build and to build. Overt lies, right? Of course. You know, I had a friend in college that I wanted to be more than a friend, but she just wanted to be friends. And uh, she had a problem. She was a really great actress. And she used to tell me, like, I just lie to people all the time. Like, it's fun. I just like making up stories about things, and it's just great. And I try to see how far I can go. And I'm like, you're crazy. Why? Um, but she just loved it. She just loved There was something about it that just, right? Um... So there's the overt liar, but then there's also kind of the white lies, right? Honey, do these pants make me look fat? Mm-mm. No. No, babe, you look great. Right? That's, a, that's, a, that's a trap right there. That's danger, Will Robinson. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? The little lies that we say, like someone invites us, oh, like, hey, would you like to you know, go out to eat? after church, and you're like, oh, I have, you know, I got to do something, or I got all this extra stuff I got to do at home, or whatever, which, 
you know, maybe wasn't true. You just didn't want to hang out with that person. Or maybe you just wanted some alone time, which is totally legit. But instead of saying that, we're like, oh, you know, I, we make up an excuse. Like, oh, I couldn't make it to poker night because, you know, I had to do this other thing. Or whatever. When it was really just like, hey, I don't want to be up till like 3 in the morning playing poker. When I can go to sleep at 9 because my son's going to wake up like four times tonight. Right? I don't know. That was just a random example. Right? So the little lies, right? Sorry, I'm, I'm supposed to be wrapping them up. This is what it ends up doing. Is all these little lies, what they become is, in and of themselves, the one little thing is not such a big deal. But over time, all of those things that we lie about become, uh, little by little, more and more and more. And then breaking f- free from this becomes harder and harder. I still think you might be able to do that. So we're going to keep going a little bit here. Um, And what ends up happening is these lies that we've told begin to tighten and begin, begin to really start constricting and limiting and breaking and hurting and destroying. Because at the heart of what lies do is is they break down trust. They break down relationship. They break down love and connection and community. And the the level to which we live in truth is the level in which we live in freedom. And as we lie to ourselves and to others, but not only that, but also as we lie to God, in the way that we live our lives, right? And sometimes the idea that we get is like, hey, I just gotta, I just gotta, you know, I gotta present myself in a certain way. My dad used to always say you had to dress up really, really nice to go to church, right? You had to look really, really good. You'd, you know, iron your shirt and like wear a tie and all this stuff, right? Just to go to church. And, and for a while it was like just, well, okay, what's what we have to do, right? But then <clears throat> I wonder what's behind that. What's below that surface, right? Is this, this desire that we have that I have to somehow impress God with my physical appearance. And we, yet we do that so often with even our... Uh, our spiritual sense, right, is that I have to, I'm not going to complain to God. I'm not going to be angry with God. I'm not going to, like, show my emotion with God. I'm not going to show that I'm frustrated with a certain situation and why God is allowing that or when we face loss and, and, and dealing with it, right, I'm just going to put on a brave face and if I could just worship and sing really, really loud, I don't have to deal with the pain that's in my heart, right? Or I don't have to, to deal with the reality of what's going on inside of me below the surface or the doubt that I'm having or the struggle that I'm having. And if I could just present myself to God in a way that looks right, God is going to accept that because that's all that God want, really wants is just this outward appearance, right? And we lie to ourselves and we lie uh, to God when God sees it all, and he sees the depths of your heart, and it's not until we start living in truth that we're able to experience the freedom from all this. Leanne, do you think you could break out of that? <laughs> okay, thank God. No, 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 don't, yeah, 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 okay. You're going to ruin the whole illustration. All right. The, the level that we experience 
living in truth is the level in which we are going to experience true freedom. And that's what Jesus came to give us. The life that he's come to give us, you will be, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Thank you, Elian. We can clap up for Elian. Very nice, very nice. All right. Anybody want to make something out of this? It's up there. Okay. Um, sorry. And so this is, uh, this is my uh, hope for us, right? Is like how do we then, how do we then, uh, where do we find ourselves in, in, in lying? Where does lying fit into our own world? And this is, the, this is really the biggest danger of, of lies. Not only does it trap us and it tie us down, but it also uh, affects our spirit in such a way. Jesus' words, listen to what Jesus said about lying. You belong to your fathers, the devil. If you want to, uh, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus speaking of the devil, right? This is, uh, you ever talk to someone who, who's trying to speak uh, English and it's their second language and you just can tell it's just hard and uncomfortable for them and then you hear them talking in their own native language and it's just fluid and it's and it's poetic and they just are so much more natural, right? Um, that's truth and lies for Satan, for our enemy, for the devil, right? Is His natural, his native language is lies and when we live in lies, when we speak lies, what we're doing is we are living in darkness, when we lie, what we are doing is bringing that situation in that part of our life and allowing it to live in darkness. And the thing about darkness is, you know, when you're a kid and you're seeing that shadow in the corner and it's scary because you don't know what it is, right? And it becomes then terrifying, right? Because there's uncertainty, we're not sure because it's in the darkness, and when you turn on the light and you realize it's just a coat hanging in the corner on a chair, that fear is gone because you're able to see it in the light of day. But when we lie, when we hold on to that, those lies, what it does is it maintains things in that darkness. And that darkness then has power over us and control over us. And so the call for us then, uh, Colossians 3 uh, 9 and 10 says this, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and then put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Now the challenge here is saying, hey, do not lie. Let's, let's, let, as, a, as a follower of Christ, right, living the life that we've been called to live, living out our faith, right, one of the things it's calling to us is let, we have to stop lying. L do not lie to each other. Why? Because you have taken off your old self with its practices. Again, going back to that rhythm, right, what are the patterns? What are the practices? See, the things that you practice become second nature to you. And so these isolated moments where I say, well, if I, I'm just lying or just a little lie or it's just a little simple spin of the truth, right, those things become practices. That repetition becomes second nature. That second nature becomes character, right? And he's saying, let's get take off that old self with its practices, the things that we practice, 
right? And let's put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. So, all right, so we're going back, right? It's, it's our knowledge, our thoughts, our minds, right? It's being renewed. It's that constant being changed, being remade into what? Into the image of its creator. Right? The process here of, of following Jesus and allowing our, our lives to be renewed, this, this taking on of the old self and putting on the new self, what it's doing is it's transforming our minds and our thoughts and bringing them back to its creator, bringing it back to Jesus, bringing it back to good, bringing us back to uh, the place where we are then demonstrating in our behavior, in our action, what the life of Christ in us, as our minds and our thoughts, then our beliefs are being infused and renewed in the image of God. And then how that then transforms our thoughts and transforms our actions and the way we live. So what we're called to do here is speaking truth in love. We are called to speak truth in love. And that can be really tricky. That can be hard, right? And, and, and we have to be clear about this, right? Because if I just say, hey, always tell the truth, right? That is not licensed to just be a jerk, right? And just to go around and be like, what? I'm just telling you the truth. This pasta tasted horrible. I didn't like it. And then your wife is crying for an hour, right? Because you're just being word I can't say at church, right? But we all use it. Because it's not that. It's not asking us to be jerks, right? It's saying speak truth in love. Speaking truth in love, and this is coming directly from the Emotionally Healthy Woman workbook, right? Yes. I had a really great time uh, walking around uh, New York on the train, and, and, and people sitting, me, sitting there watching me read the Emotionally Healthy Woman, uh, which I felt like was really, really great because I think women are pretty awesome, and if more men were more, like thought and kind and nice like most women are, that I think the world would be a lot better. But anyways, I'm getting myself into trouble. All right. So, here we go. All right, speaking love, in, uh, speaking truth in love, right? The first one is being clear about what you mean, right? Hannah, that worked. Just leave it alone, right? Uh, being clear about what you're saying, right? Like, man, I just wish you would, uh, you know, do the dishes more often. It's not being clear. Saying, hey, love, how about Mondays? It's your turn to do the dishes. Being clear. Okay, being honest. Okay, being honest with each other, being honest about what you really feel, being honest about what's really going on, being honest about uh, uh, about uh, the the things that that the conversations that we're having and the things that are going on inside of us. Right, that's hard for me because sometimes I I don't want to be honest with the person. I just want them to like me. Right? And Larry talked a lot about that last week. Right? Again, it's not about uh, breaking relationships, but being honest with yourself and being honest with, uh, with others, to others, right? Speaking truth. Okay? Um, here we go. 
Timely. Okay? Claire, that one was for you. <laughs> Timely, right? When are you speaking these, these things, right? If you're coming home from work and you're just, like, tired and frustrated, you had a really, really long day, that's not the time to argue about the trash that you left in the hallway. Not just a random example that I don't know where it came from, but just, you know, as an example. Right? <laughs> right? Uh, but it... And, and with this one, we have to be careful because it's not about then just like, well, I'm just going to eat that and just not talk about it, right? Because then that falls back into the place of lying, right? And just letting it fester and letting it be a part of there and letting it simmer down there until there's resentment, right? But, but picking a right time, and let's talk about this, you know, uh, and let's be honest about this. Uh, and then the last one is... being respectful, right? And uh, you like that? You like that? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, being respectful, right? You can fit anything into any acronym as long as you're a little creative and, you know, just use some imagination. Uh, and being respectful, right? I, we can tell the truth in a way that we're honoring the other person, honoring the sacrifices of the other person, honoring the love of the other person, honoring the dignity of this other person. Right? And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that we have in New York City, right? Is that we've, we've, we're, we're fighting for ourselves because no one else is fighting for us. Uh, but we need to do it in a way that we can respect the dignity of, of that other person. The image of God that that other person bears. And the love that we should show uh, for that other person. So as we speak truth in love, let us be clear. Let us be honest, timely. Uh, and respectful. Um, and uh, so to end, when I quit baseball um, in 11th grade, it wasn't that I didn't like playing baseball and just was done with baseball. For me, it was really about an opportunity that opened up to play indoor soccer, uh, which was the sport that I really loved. Uh, and I played soccer in the fall, and then in the spring I'd play baseball because they didn't have a soccer team in the, sp in the spring. And then they started the soccer team in the spring, and it was like, great. Well, I would rather do that. And see, the thing about quitting lying is it should be less about what you're stopping and more about what you are changing to do. It shouldn't be about just, well, I'm just going to stop lying, but it should be, a, it, it shouldn't be, a, let me rephrase that. Let me say that this way. It's less of a commitment to stop lying and more of a commitment to speak truth in love. Our push should be less about trying to be a good person and more about how do I allow my mind to be transformed into and be renewed into the image of God, into the image of my creator into the way that I can love others. So it's less about uh, the commitment to quit lying and more about the commitment to truth, about living in truth and speaking in truth. And the level in which we can live in truth is the level in which we experience freedom, true freedom. And here's what's beautiful about the following Christ and living a life in Christ is you don't have to do this on your own. It's not about just going home and just trying really, really hard to stop lying. Because there's a space 
where we have to understand that our bodies, our minds, we are not just physical beings. We are spiritual beings. And we ha- there has to be a balance between the spiritual and the physical. And our spiritual uh, capacity is limited by our physical capacities. Our character, our faith is limited by our character. And our character is influenced by our faith. And so they have to work hand in hand. A great example of that would be, uh, if anyone's following The Bachelor, uh, Luke P., who's trying to outside say, I'm this Christian and I'm following Jesus and I'm praying in the church. But then through his character, what he's demonstrating is that he's lying and manipulating and doing all these things. And three episodes, I'm done with you, Luke P., okay? Let's move on. Hannah sent him home already. That's also a random example. I don't know where that, you know, maybe you might be following that. Merlin, I don't know, maybe a little bit? No? Okay, we'll leave it alone. Uh, right, but his character and his spirit are not on a la par. They're not on with each other. They're not at the same level. And in order to do that, though, it's, again, it's the renewing of, myself, of our minds. It's the taking off the old self and putting on the new self, Right? 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 uh, and 10 says this. And uh, worship team, you can start making your way up. It says this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, Right? The things that I'm struggling with, right? The, the areas that I just can't change, you know what? It's time to stop trying to do it on your own strength and start allowing Jesus to take over and processing through and working through what are the beliefs that I have that are affecting how I behave and how I live and how do I quit those? How do I substitute that belief for truth? And the truth of what Jesus uh, says about me and about my world. And that's okay. And it's great because I, I'm not enough. And I don't have to be enough. Because Jesus can be enough for me and for you. I have, um, Larry's going to hand out some papers for you. And you just fold it up, put it in your purse or your wallet or just hang on to it for later. It's an exercise for you to just to, just to process this for a little bit later on. Just a time for you to look through uh, something on your own, maybe during your devotional time this week or maybe on your trip to work. Just spend a little bit of time this week looking through this and engaging where you're at. Where am I at in the truth? How often do I speak truth? Am I really honest with myself and with others? And my prayer for us would be as we commit to walking in truth, um, that we would be able to quit lying to one another and lying to ourselves. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for um, all that you've given to us and how much you love us. I pray, God, that we would be able to walk in truth and move to the rhythms of your grace and not the patterns that we have seen in our world. Help us to be able to differentiate between those. Holy Spirit, bring conviction in our hearts of spaces where we are not um, living in truth.
and give us the courage to allow you to shape us, to allow you to shape our character, to mold us in that way. Jesus, I pray, God, that you would um, just prepare us, Lord, now as we uh, participate in communion. Lord, forgive us for the places where we've lied. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for the way we've hurt others. Forgive me for the way that I've hurt others. And uh, as we approach the table of the Lord, let us remind us that it is you who did it all. Jesus, you paid it all so that we could have access to God, so that we could have our minds renewed, so that we could draw closer to you, be made more and more in the image of our creator. God, I pray that we'd be a community that reflects your love, your generosity, your kindness, your patience. Lord, I pray that you would just begin this process today, renewing our minds. In Jesus' name, amen.